I think no matter where you are in life, you know, whether it's with your weight, with debt, personal finances in general, just know that there's someone else that's been there too, and there's a way out. And so map out a plan. If it's for your health and fitness, track what you eat and walk 10,000 steps a day. If it's paying off debt, pay your debts off smallest to largest and put everything you got into paying that smallest debt off. And Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining me today is Deacon Hayes. Deacon, this is long overdue. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Just glad to be on your show, Jared. And for people that don't know, where's home? Well, I'm in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Sunny Phoenix, Arizona. So what is spring like in sunny Phoenix, Arizona? It's pretty much the same as winter. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's like 70s, 80s which I don't really think I should be sharing right now because I know other people on the East Coast are feeling it. Yeah, I'm probably going to get a, uh, a tweet from the guy who just experienced snow in Connecticut. Oh, no. Yeah, cursing our names. But that's okay. Hey, you chose to be in, in that part of the country for a reason. I want to start by congratulating you. The last couple times I've seen you, it's like the incredible shrinking deacon. And uh, for people that aren't familiar with you, I want them to be caught up on just some decisions you've made recently, or maybe not recently, but for a while now that have helped you to, you know, shed some weight and uh, just be healthier overall. So let's maybe start there. Yeah. So, you know, I became an entrepreneur, let's say like 2013. And so at that time, I think I started just kind of not paying attention to what I eat. I love beer. So, you know, I wouldn't really think twice about drinking a few beers. And so eventually I kind of worked my way up to 230 pounds at six foot one. And it kind of crept up on me, right? It didn't happen at once. It was kind of like over six months, a year, gaining five pounds, 10 pounds. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm up 30, 40 pounds. So we had our first kid three years ago. And I was like, man, these kids, these are, uh, they're a handful, you know? And so I was like, gosh, I need to start figuring out how to have more energy, how to be able to carry them around for long periods of time and not, you know, wheezing and that kind of stuff. And so I was like, I need a really simple plan. So I had a buddy that who told me, do two things. He said, track what you eat. So I use MyFitnessPal and walk 10,000 steps a day. So I'm kind of jumping ahead here a little bit, but I did those two things. And through a series of events, I was able to, to lose about 23 pounds from just those two things alone. And so that, that definitely dramatically changed things. Well, what I love about that is that's not saying, hey, go join CrossFit or something where you're having to pay some money and then, you know, maybe you're not quite ready for something super hardcore like that. Anybody can walk. I would think anybody could say, here's what I've eaten today. I'm excited to see that. Was it really just those two things that that helped you do that? Yeah. And obviously when you're tracking what, yeah, when you track what you eat, I mean, you you start cutting out things. You're like, okay, well, I don't need two or three beers tonight, you know, or, (laughs) hey, I'm going to not drink soda and I'm going to drink water instead, you know? So obviously it took some cutting back, but the the tracking is what kind of dictated that. And would you say that's like a consistent habit now is, is you're pretty set on those things? <laughs> well, I would like to say that, Jared. Um, it's not always true. Huh? It's not always true. It's yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I G chatted a buddy of mine the other day and I was like, Hey, are you eating clean? And he's like 50, 50. And he said, what about you? I said, 75, 25, right? Like I'm not a hundred percent there, but I'm about 75% there. What's your definition of eating clean? So I'd like to eat whole foods as yeah. much as possible. So try to keep processed foods out. But the reality is if we go eat out anywhere, it's processed foods. So, you know, it's like once a week we'll have pizza, you know, that kind of thing. But most days I'm eating like chicken, 
ground turkey, veggies, fruit, you know, that kind of stuff. So trying to keep that stuff pretty good. I've also found bars. I mean, I don't want to get too complex unless you want it, but like RX bars, which are these organic protein bars, they're delicious and they're 100% whole. Or at least that's my understanding. I'm not a nutrition specialist, so definitely <laughs> research that. And then there's these uh, Be Kind fruit bars that are like chia seeds and fruit, and they're like really good. And once again, whole. It, literally, you look at, I love when you look at the ingredients. It's like chia seeds and mangoes and apples. And you're like, you know, there's nothing that says oxide or, you know, mm-hmm. something that you can't pronounce. Like it's just regular food. No, that's good to know. Well, you've inspired me, Deacon. So I, I am hoping that the next time we run into each other, that, that I have followed your path and have similar results. So you can hold me accountable on that. I probably will be the uh, 75, 25 clean eating based on your, yeah, based on your definition. But yeah, so uh, I wanted to talk to you as well about the entrepreneurial stuff, of course. And something that's interesting to me is what you're doing in a mall in Arizona. And so for people that are thinking, what's he talking about? You know, did you open a store? Let's just start there. What, what happened at a mall in Arizona? Yeah. So it kind of all ties together. So when we had our first kid, I realized hey, it'd be kind of tough for me to work from home. So I started looking for co-working spaces in the area. Mm-hmm. And the closest one to me was inside a mall, which seemed kind of strange because typically, you know, an office is going to be in an office complex or maybe a plaza or something. Well, this particular mall had a college in it. And a lady converted it into a co-working space. And so for people that don't know, co-working space is just a cheap place to go rent office space for, let's say, 100 to 150 bucks a month, depending on where you live. Maybe in California, it's a few hundred bucks a month. And that way, you don't have to pay a full lease for a year and you know, two grand a month, that kind of thing. So I started you know, renting space from her. And then she decided to move to the other side of town. And she said, Hey, Deacon, I know you're interested in this place. And I would sell it to you if the, if the price is right. And uh, so we worked out an arrangement where I said, okay, yeah, I love this place. It works out great for me. I need a place to work. And so a little bit over two years ago, took it over. It was called Elevate Coworking. And so we have entrepreneurs that come in here, bring their laptops. I love the collaboration because especially when you work for yourself, you know, having other people to surround yourself with and, you know, like water cooler talk and that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, what's interesting to me is, okay, you weren't necessarily looking to, you know, run a co-working place, but then all of a sudden that kind of fell in your lap. What were some of the learning curves once you took that on? Well, one of the things was she had a regular lock and key on the door. Mm-hmm. So for people to get in, either they needed to have a key or I needed to drive, you know, to the office at a certain time every day and, you know, and open it up. I was like, that sounds really like 1990s, right? So I called a locksmith that I was working with and I said, Hey, can you install a keypad on my door at my office? And sure enough, it was like the easiest thing ever. He just installed a keypad. We put codes on it for each uh, member and that problem solved, right? So those little idiosyncrasies of like, Hey, how can I get it to where I don't need to be doing much, right? And so another thing was lights. Like the lights have to go off at a certain hour at the mall. They can't go on all night. So I installed a timer because they don't have smart home devices like they do for residential, for commercial, at least not affordably. And so, but that was a huge solution because I'm like, okay, I don't have to come turn the lights on in the morning. I don't have to shut them off at night. It all is automatic, you know? And then the other part is tech support, right? Like when you're in an entrepreneur space and like, Hey, I can't print, I can't hook up to the Wi-Fi, Like, so just trying to figure out all those mechanics and how to get everybody situated. That, that was kind of the learning curve for me. 
Okay, and and I guess there's not a lot of solutions for that other than, you know, you just kind of need to be available or or is there? Well, so what I try to do is create a culture of ownership Mm -hmm. where I say it's not my space, this is our space, right? So, you know, the printer doesn't work. Like, okay, unplug the printer, wait 30 seconds, plug it back in, you know, reset your computer, you know, like all the things that you would normally ask somebody else to do for you, you just take ownership and do it yourself, right? I say 90% of the time that fixes things. So sure. There was one lady last week. She's like, yeah, I put, I put the password in exactly as you said over and over again. And I go over to her laptop and she had the caps locks on, you know? And okay. I was like, and I was totally like, oh yeah, caps locks. Let me just press that for you and then put it in and it worked and everything. And so sometimes there's like little things like that, but I realized not everybody's as tech savvy as me. And you know, there's, you know, it's a process for everybody. So what impact, if any, has you participating in, in running more or less this co-working space had on the other business that you have? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I think the collaboration part, because you get to sit down with other people. Like we got a guy next door that this is so crazy. He's a WordPress like guru and I have a WordPress website, you know? And so it's like, if I have a problem, I can go to him and be like, Hey, you know, my CSS is messed up on this or whatever. And he'll know exactly what to do, you know? And so it is really cool to have this collaborative type environment or I got another guy that does email marketing, you know, and I'm like, Hey, could you help me out craft some emails? So it does, even though we're, we run our own businesses and do our own things, we definitely help each other, you know, excel in our businesses. Let's pretend for a moment that Elevate Coworking couldn't exist anymore. Would you still try to have a coworking space where you live? So would I run it? Maybe not. But yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I more than likely would be at some place like this. It's the challenge is, is like when you look at opportunities, so I have three different businesses. Right. So this is the least profitable, but it is one that I enjoy, right? So like if I was, I don't know if I would start this from scratch, but once again, it's in a mall. There's so many pieces to it that it's just kind of fell together. Um, the rent is really affordable. You know, if this was, you know, $5,000 a month and it was in a downtown area, I probably wouldn't be a part of it, right? It just doesn't make sense. Sure. So really, it's just the logistics of the cost, the location, the people that make it all work. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, I guess some of the costs involved, there were, you, were, you already had like, uh, I guess, furniture and Wi-Fi and stuff like that. You just kind of, what was there already? Yeah, and I, I did some upgrades. Like we, okay. you know, there was a, an office that was, go, that was moving. I was going to say they're going out of business, but they're actually just moving. And they got new furniture for the new location. So they literally were right down the street, probably less than a mile from us, went and scooped up a bunch of their desks, chairs, and that kind of thing. But yeah, there was definitely some structure here. There was folding tables and there were a bunch of, we had like 80 chairs for like a conference room and that kind of thing. <laughs> so we tried, I tried to spice it up a little bit. I painted some walls, you know, kind of make it look a little bit nicer. Sure. But yeah, I definitely had a foundation when I bought it. That's awesome. Well, okay. So we mentioned the other business, but we didn't really talk about it. So let's, let's do that now. Yeah. So the, the main one is WellKept Wallet. So right. it's, it's a personal finance site where we help people make money, save money and pay off debt. And so what's weird is it, it literally was just a blog that my wife and I started to kind of share a story about how we paid off our debt. We paid off 52 grand in debt in 18 months. And in doing that, we're like, well, hey, how can we help other people you know, do the same thing? And so how can we create content that tells them the tips that we did to save money and to make some extra money on the side. And then, you know, what we did to implement, you know, paying down our, our debt even faster. And so that actually became my full-time gig in 2013. I actually got fired as a financial planner. I call it amicably because they gave me the option. And then 
the reason why they fired me was so they could give me a really nice severance, which was uh, very nice of them. So, sure. so anyways, it was, it's amazing. Cause like, I was definitely scared at the time, but now looking back, it's like one of the best things I ever did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so how are, or what are some of the ways that you're monetizing helping people in this way? Yeah. So the model that I've chosen for the most part is affiliate marketing. So we've got over a million page views a month now. And so we've been able to partner up with a lot of different brands that fit in those three categories, you know, the make money, save money, pay off debt. Sure. And so, you know, like Lyft is a make money brand or Trim is a save money brand or pay off debt credible. It's like a refinancing for student loans or credit card debt is, is a brand that we work with. And so we write content that kind of integrates those partners. We get commissions off of it. That's the primary way. The secondary way is through sponsored campaigns, which back in the day, I used to think that was the spammiest thing. You know, someone would say like a, a sponsored post, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, this is some real estate guy in, you know, Georgia or whatever, trying to get a link to his site. Um, now it's really these big brands come to us and they say, hey, we want to get in front of 100,000 or 500,000 people for whatever reason, and we'll pay you X for that. I mean, so now we structured packages to kind of accommodate those needs. That's interesting. What's your boundaries on those types of packages? Like what can you do? What do you need to not? Yeah. So, so we actually have an editorial guidelines board of like what our standards are. So we're not going to talk about credit cards and getting into credit card debt, right? So that's not, that's against us. So that kind of limits us from a huge part of the financial industry. We also don't talk about reverse mortgages. So we kind of have like these guidelines of like, okay, we're not going to talk about this stuff. It really has to help people get closer to their financial goals. And, you know, credit card debt and reverse mortgages never get you towards your goal, right? They typically get you away from it. So we also have kind of a, a voice, like we want to be conversational. So we're not really talking in third person. It's more like you and I type stuff. You know, we do no follow links. So for people that are SEO savvy, it's like, we're not trying to, to sell links here. We're trying to get exposure for brands. So, so we, we put rel no follow on them. So you kind of have all these things in place just to make sure, you know, we're Google white hat friendly. We're I'm really adding value to the brand and we're also adding value to the audience. You know, as long as those things are in play, it seems a pretty, it's a win-win-win deal. Yeah. I want to talk a bit about a success story where from this endeavor, someone's reached out to you and said, hey, because of you or because of this, you know, now I'm in a better situation. What, what's something that's happened? The craziest one, which is probably the most bizarre, is my in-laws. So, <laughs> so my mother-in-law, she was the one that she had a tape of Dave Ramsey, like a VHS cassette tape or <laughs> yeah, at her house. And so we ended up watching that. And like, I don't know if you, are you familiar with Dave Ramsey? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So this VHS tape though, it's a totally different Dave. Like He's got some hair, but it's, it shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? It's just like it's sticking out, you know, yeah. he's got really big glasses. He's got like this really weird laugh, right? He's not the refined Dave Ramsey is today. And I watch it and I'm in awe. I'm like, well, this guy looks silly, but everything he says makes sense. So, so anyways, we implement a lot of the strategies, some of the stuff we, we kind of parted on, but for the most part, implemented his strategies. And so we paid off our debt in 18 months. Well, my in-laws, they're in their 60s at this point when we paid off our debt. They had 400 grand in debt. So this is like credit cards, oh, wow. car loans, line of credit, a home equity line. I mean, like it was, it was a bunch of debt. So they lived with that their entire lives. And my mother-in-law is like, hey, Deacon, do you mind like sitting down with me, doing what you did, create a budget, do a debt snowball, all that stuff. So we did that. And in four years, they paid off $400,000 in debt. 
That and is that, amazing. Yeah, it is, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, I and, and it wasn't me, right? It's like, hey, I just learned some practical tips and strategies from other people who are smarter than me. I implemented them. I stuck to the plan, and it worked. And then, then I just showed somebody else, like, hey, here's what I did, and they did it. The reason why they were able to do it because he was a doctor. But the the reality was is they lived their entire life like paycheck to paycheck, right? They were always putting stuff on credit cards and always had a revolving balance, and you know, always taking out debt for for emergency situations. And so they wanted to change that. And so, you know, by using the debt snowball, paying their debts off smallest to largest, by, you know, taking all their extra income and paying down their debts as fast as possible, they were able to do it in just four years. Incredible. So let's go there. What If someone else is listening to this and they're saying, oh, Deacon, I'm, I'm swamped in debt. I don't even know where to begin. What, what would you say? Yeah. The, I mean, the first thing, and it sounds so simple, is just to put it down on paper or an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, I like Excel because it's, it populates everything for you, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you do that. So, but you got to have a snapshot of where you're at, right? And I think sometimes you think like, oh, I've got so much debt, but then you start to write it down on paper and say, well, I have these student loans over here and I've got this car loan and I've got these credit cards and oh, I got this personal loan for medical bills and it starts to add up. And so you really have to have a clear snapshot of where you are. And the other thing that I like to do is do a net worth statement. So what are your assets and what are your, not only your debts, but your assets as well. And why that's important was part of our debt was a car and the car was a piece of the puzzle, right? If I could get rid of that car, which was 17 grand in debt, I would get rid of $400 a month in debt payments, right? Mm -hmm. So now my wife had a $5,000 car. How can we sell her $5,000 car, buy two cars, sell my car, and now we're $400 a month richer and $17,000 in debt is gone. So really that, that financial snapshot is the key to starting. No, that's good. So Deacon, we're going to do a, a new little, I don't know what to call this. We'll call it a segment, a new little segment called Things You Should. All right. So I'll say things you should, and then you just kind of fill it in. So we'll start with things you should do in the morning. Get dressed. <laughs> So, so we, we encourage putting on. <laughs> well, no, it's, it, you know, it's funny. That was one of the things that the guy that fired me, and I, I say that like lovingly, like I really love the guy. He said, Deacon, you just need to make sure to get dressed every morning. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, when you work from home, you're not going to, it's not going to be the same, right? Like you don't have this sense of like, I need to get stuff done. I'm at the office, right? And so it was one of those things where like, okay, I made sure I got dressed every day. I wasn't in my boxers or in, you know, workout shorts. So that I felt like I was switching from home mode to work mode. <laughs> well said. All right. <laughs> Things you should read. Ooh, The Power of Habit. Mm. That book was phenomenal, especially for the weight loss, because it really talks about like how we create habits and the things that we can do to kind of propel the habits we want and the things we can do to get rid of the habits we don't. Things you should listen to. Starve the Touts podcast. Uh, <laughs> yep. So... I also like audiobooks. So another thing, I mean, I just say, uh, this is a really impactful book. The One Thing by Gary Keller mm. uh, on audiobook was phenomenal. So Deacon, things you should know. Your numbers. You know, I think for, if you're an individual or a business owner, just like knowing like, where do you want to be, you know, financially, where are you at now? And then where do you, what do you need to do this month? to get closer to that future goal, right? And until I started doing that, I, I felt like a hamster in a wheel. Once I started doing that, I actually felt like a hamster going down a path, right? Where I'm like, I'm out of the wheel already and now I'm just kind of moving in the right direction. So yeah, definitely know your numbers. All right, just a couple more things that you should see. Wow, your family? 
Yeah, I think that's that's another thing. Like when you're an entrepreneur, it's it's hard to, or you know, just in general, if you're working a regular nine to five job, you're seeing the inside of a cubicle, you're seeing people at work, but definitely make time to see your family. All right, last one: things you should avoid. Oh, uh, non whole foods, no processed foods. So so trying to be as uh, as good as possible about you know eating whole foods and less processed foods. <laughs> All right, I like that. Okay, as we start to wrap up here, I like to ask, uh, where can people connect with you and, and learn more about what's going on? Yeah, the best place is wellkeptwallet.com. Okay. And who is doing something that interests you? Ooh, that's really good. You know, Jeff Rose at Good Financial Sense is doing a huge push for YouTube. And it's just super impressive because he's, he's making really quality content and it's, it's engaging and it's stuff that's really changing lives. So I've been really impressed with what he's doing over there. Uh, yes, Jeff is Jeff and Mandy, great people. So well said. And of course, our last question is, do you have any final thoughts? You know, I think no matter where you are in life, you know, whether it's with your weight, with debt, personal finances in general, just know that there's someone else that's been there too, and there's a way out, right? And so map out a plan. If it's for your, your health and fitness, track what you eat and walk 10,000 steps a day. If it's paying off debt, pay your debts off smallest to largest and put everything you got into paying that smallest debt off. And, you know, so just develop a plan, follow it, and you'll be amazed at the results. Uh, well, Deegan, I can testify to your results because I've, I've been uh, hanging out with you here and there. And yeah, man, you're doing a great job uh, with a number of things that you discussed today. So I'm really proud of you, man. Good job. Awesome. Well, thank you, man. Mm-hmm. 